At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to another episode of the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland in the house. Jets, Eagles, the Jets snap their losing skid, take down the Denver Broncos. Final score 31 to 21 in Denver. The Jets now two and three, welcoming in the reigning NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Before we dive into this, Cynthia, on paper, do you think this is the most challenging matchup the Jets have had yet so far this season? I mean, week one against the Bills seemed pretty challenging as well. So probably this one, just because this is not a familiar opponent, you don't play as often. But pr- I don't know. Between the two of them, like a like fully stocked shelf of Bills versus, you know, like, I mean, the Eagles have had a chance to play together now. So it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of another. But I need to shout out your social team. I totally forgot about this. We were talking ahead of the podcast. You're whatever, whoever thought to like make fun of Adam Rank, who I'm on NFL Fantasy Live with. Uh, <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. And I don't know if you understood his response that he was like put himself, he photoshopped his head in like Kevin Jane's, like the, yep. the King of Queens thing. I mean, Rank is an idiot. I, in like, I love Rank. He's like the funniest idiot ever. But like, that was, I was on the floor laughing. It was so funny. They're like, so, and with Aaron Rodgers' face, yes. that was so good. Whoever did that, mwah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought you were going to mention just the Kevin James, Sean Payton Photoshop that Aaron Rodgers mentioned on Pat McAfee. We're going next level. We're talking the Adam Rank and the Aaron Rodgers bum comment. So good. So good. It was, uh, your whoever social team. Round of applause for the Jeff social me, team. But could, I mean, well, well done. Yeah, Cynthia's still <laughs> laughing about it. I love it. I think, obviously, so if you funny. get shouted out by one, Cynthia Freeland, two, Aaron Rodgers, three, Pat McAfee, you're doing a pretty good job. So that's and the like trifecta. And so many days later, right? Yes. Like, that's true virality. We're talking about this, like, several days later. Virality. So. That's a great word. So you're going to hear from Jeff Ulbricht today if you're listening to this podcast. And he was great. He sat down with Eric Allen. They talked about what makes this defense go. They talked about Bryce Huff, the matchup a little bit. And before we dive into it, Cynthia, I just think this is so interesting. Uh, One, the Jets have not beaten the Eagles in franchise history. They're 0-12 against the Eagles, but I wasn't going to bring it up. You said it, not me. I said it. I said it because I think this is just so funny. I have to bring this up that 
the other streaks in terms of like franchises who were or are winless against other opponents. This is like in a little research packets notes that I believe the NFL network sends out. And they, the other team names include the Brooklyn Tigers and Dodgers, the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, the Buffalo Bisons, the Minneapolis Red Jackets, and the Columbus Tigers. Like, I didn't even know that those were real football teams back in the day. I'm glad we changed some of those names. I mean, maybe we could talk to the Commanders. I still don't like their name. They should have kept it at Washington Football Team. That yep. was better. But look, like some of these names are like, like you know, bees and like things you're like, I'm not that scared of a bee. Like, we like bees. We don't really want to yeah, kill bees. Yeah, the Frankfurt Yellow you. Jackets? They won yeah. the NFL championship in 1926. Oh, my God. Great. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. And, you know, funny great. enough to bring this full circle, they were based in Frankfurt, F-R-A-N-K-F-O-R-D, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which brings us to this week's matchup. And because— Oh, there we go. Look at you. Yeah, I know. That was now unplanned. that's posting right there. That was unplanned because I legitimately had no idea where Frankfurt was. Like, I, it is hard for me to say Frankfurt, period, because I feel yep. like if you're listening, you're thinking I'm <clears> saying Frankfurt <throat> with a T. Nope. It is not. <clears throat> so— it's basically, I guess, what the Philly the Philly Eagles were back in the day. But this is what I want to do because typically we just, you know, we break it down as we usually do. I want to have a little bit of a game instead where we get to – usually we're teammates and we'll be teammates again when we do um, – how well do you know your co-host? But I want to do a draft because the Eagles have so much talent and I feel like Everyone talks about the Niners and the Eagles as the two most talented teams on paper. So with that being said, we're going to draft, we'll alternate picks, the most important or best Eagles, and then we'll compare how we do. Yep. So with that being said, Cynthia, you get first pick because you're the guest and because I said so. So you get first pick. Well, I mean, you can't really go anywhere else besides the quarterback position with your number one overall pick, especially because we've seen Jalen Hurts. You know, he battled through the flu or his illness symptoms or whatever when he was playing the Bucks. We see him now using his feet a lot more and kind of came together last week against the Rams to get that nice, like, where we see him in his sweet spot, meaning dealing the ball all around, not just to A.J. Brown, but in that case to Dallas Goddard as well. So really, it's Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's the O-line that's the like secret one, but that would be taking five people, and I just felt like that wasn't the right rule for the game. So I'm okay. going to go with Jalen Hurts for this one, and it's going to be hard to, to defend such a dual threat. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. Um, are we individualizing the offensive and defensive lines, or are we going to collectively do it? I think you have to do it individually because okay. I would it. rather want to do it in like because because on defense it, like the O line feels like it's a group, but the yes. defense feels like because like I wouldn't want to have to talk about all of the Jets defend defensive line as like it's one a good group, point. You know what I mean? So, so you know, so that's kind of how I feel. And, and what? Let's do five player teams. How about that? Great, perfect. So, but speaking of Jalen Hurts, I do want to mention this because. He threw for over 300 last week. He had 72 on the ground. The Jets defense a little susceptible the past couple weeks to quarterbacks tucking it and running between Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Those two guys combined for 100 yards just rushing. And Jalen Hurts obviously is a very much a dual threat. Debatably mm -hmm. the top one the Jets have seen this year. Maybe other than Josh Allen, I think he'd be the only other one you could make in that argument. How do you go about stopping Jalen Hurts 
knowing he has debatably the best O-line in football, two extremely skilled position players at receiver, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, and a number of running backs who can get the job done. And that's a lot. So how, well, how do you how do you go about it? The good news is is that that even though the like you talk about like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, by the way, two, those are two of the best. Like the Russell Wilson's rushes weren't really the word I'm going to use is a factor. Like like that was kind of like meh. Like it was it, like it, it happened, and they were like it felt like they were willing to give that up to not allow other things to happen. I think that it's the trade-offs and that's where Robert Sala like really succeeds is figuring out which trade-offs to take. So they have tendencies just like everyone else when they line up with certain heavy personnel, like does what has Swift been doing, right? Like how have they been using him? And I think that what's one of the things that now that we've had enough weeks of film, you can see some of the Eagles tendencies. Like when they line up with certain personnel, it's often going to be to AJ Brown, right? Like right. we saw a lot of like Devonte Smith last week ran like all of the routes and had maybe one catch for six yards or something very crazy like that a very low low number and it was because they weren't the the rams weren't tricked into thinking that it does this was the Devonte smith catch so yes he did drop one whatever we, we we're not gonna worry about that but ultimately you know they the tendencies are now on film and they're able to figure out how to anticipate those tendencies and get the better one-on-ones like I'll put sauce up against anyone, right? Like, I I think that there's a lot of pieces of this defense that match up very unfavorably for the Eagles offense. But again, it's about, you know, the the way that they're prepared and study. And it's very fitting that we have a defensive coordinator talking in this matchup because that to me is like the most important and crucial part. Because if the Eagles get this crazy lead, it's going to be very hard to come back. And that's for any team. The Eagles are a very, very strong team top to bottom. But, you know, it's going to be the defense that really – bolsters the offense in this one. I totally agree. And job well done. Devontae Smith, one reception on five targets for six yards. It was A.J. Brown who did most of the damage. He had 127 yards. That led the team. Dallas Goddard went over 100 for 117. His eight catches, meaning Dallas Goddard's eight catches, led the Philadelphia Eagles in a 23-14 win over the Los Angeles Rams. The Eagles are 5-0, and so... The quarterback, a big reason for that. So you went Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and I'm struggling where to go because I'm trying to play chess, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think, like, yeah. where's Cynthia going to go next? And when you look at, like, who is the best player on the rest of the team, this is going to sound a little crazy if you're unfamiliar with who I'm going to say. It's hard for me not to go with Jalen Carter. because, mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go with Jalen Carter because – Those who don't know, the ninth overall pick out of Georgia, there were some questions leading up into the draft. Like he was in not he was not technically the only one in legal trouble, but there was a legal thing going on. And people were like, I think the aura was like, how much does he really love football? Talent wise, he was the top, if not top three players and just in terms of pure talent. And is it crazy to say, Cynthia, like when I look at the numbers, he's like, top of all defensive tackles in the NFL in terms of like pressures. He has two sacks. He has at least four Mm -hmm. pressures in every game this season. There's only one player that has at least four pressures over a longer streak, and that's Micah Parsons. And if you're in the same breath as Micah Parsons, you're doing a damn good job. So all Mm -hmm. this to say, is it crazy to think that Jalen Carter at a young 20-year-old or a young 20-plus-year-old is already playing at the elite level of interior play or is he just benefiting from 
how stout that Eagles D-line is? Well, a little bit of both, because if you look to see, he's actually right up there with Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald's back this year, for those of you who haven't watched Rams games. But ultimately, Aaron Donald has been wrecking that interior. He's been like the poster boy of defensive tackle or interior pressure play since he joined the league, right? So when you're looking at Aaron Donald and you're looking at Jalen Carter and you're seeing that similar numbers are happening, what you're not seeing is the same rate of double and triple teams. So yes, he's getting a little bit of the benefit of the fact that there's a lot of really good rushers on that defensive front, but he's still making the most of it, right? Like just because he's not being double, like, okay, great. We don't actually know what he would do if he's being double teamed at that same rate. Likely there'll be a dip and then he'll figure it out and and, fig- and write the ship, but he doesn't have to because they've got to stop everyone else too. So especially because there's a, a, a missing piece, maybe like one of my favorite players on the interior O-line, not able to play for the Jets. I agree yeah. with you that Jalen Carter is going to be a, a nasty force to deal with. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to side adjust. We're going to do three player okay. teams because that way we get six players you know we don't eat up the whole clock so with that being said your second pick in the philadelphia eagle draft is who well i gotta go with aj brown yeah. because we've seen the guy he's been hauling in the targets right that was a nice game from dallas goddard against the rams and it will probably mean now that Devonte smith is the guy who catches like the, you know the most the, the lion's share of the targets but A.J. Brown seems to be the guy that Jalen Hurts is looking for, and they scheme him open. They find the mismatches. It's not like he's standing in one spot and has, like, a signature go router. You know, like, Stephon Diggs on a hitch is, like, unbeatable, but maybe other routes not so much his favorite, right? So I'm looking at A.J. Brown and some diversity in these deep passes and the fact that, you know, when he's targeted on 10-plus air yard passes, that number goes way up for Jalen Hurts. And I'm thinking, you know what? A.J. Brown, like, sometimes, like, the simplest answer is the right one. So. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with AJ Brown. That's I think it's two. a great choice and AJ Brown is obviously one of the best receivers in this league and he's the Eagles number 1 option but I think what makes them so scary is that even though if AJ is what you said earlier like AJ Brown had 6 receptions for 127 yards but just as easily as Devontae Smith had one catch for 6 yards like it could be reversed any given Yes 100% time. right. And like so with that being said what is, why, why do they complement each other so well in terms of AJ Brown and Devonte Smith? Well, you have to you have to factor Dallas Goddard in there as well. Part of it is because the way that they that O line gives Jalen Hurts extra time, you know, that's a huge deal. And Jalen Hurts now being able to make multiple reads, and then defenses having to respect Devonte and Dallas and AJ Brown, and then figuring out like, look, like. You know, there's a Jalen Ramsey-sized hole in their defense for the Rams. So why not target a very inexperienced corner with a guy like AJ Brown who is massive? So yeah. you're just you're exploiting mismatches in that in that regard. And sometimes you know, like it, it you draw the the good end, and sometimes you don't. Right? Like the routes that AJ Brown that they dialed up for the specific game against that specific type of, you know, they, they have to account for Aaron Donald by doing X and Y. So those tend to favor the routes that are run by AJ Brown in this particular way. Right. So that was their strategy against the Rams last week. We saw, you know, AJ Brown's been kind of like this year has been like really getting open, finding extra separation. He has, it has increased his percentage of routes run where he has at least three yards of separation. So that's considered mm-hmm. wide open. So it's easier to throw the ball to a guy with wide o- who's wide open rather than to a guy in tight coverage who 
you never yes. know. It could go the other way, even if you're the most precise of passers. And A.J. Brown has 125 receiving yards at least in each of his last three games. And no Philly player's ever done that four straight games, but he, he's been great for the Eagles lately. There was that one little, mm-hmm. like, blow up, quote unquote, that TV caught or like maybe A.J. Brown's not so happy with Jalen Hurts. Well, between weeks three and five, it out. yeah, between weeks turns three out, and five, yes. turns out winning cures things. You yes, know what I mean? it does. Like winning, winning fixes some things. Somehow. And he leads the NFL in receiving yards between weeks three and five. So yep. like clearly they figured it out. It was early in the year. AJ Brown's a great selection and I'm going to go, I'm keeping on the offensive and defensive line theme because I want to go with an offensive lineman. And I think most people listening to this would think, oh, he's about to say Jason Kelsey. I'm going with Lane Johnson because Lane Johnson. I thought Jason Kelsey. <laughs> did you think Jason Kelsey? Of course. Yeah. Well, he'd be a great option. There's another right, Kelsey right. Swift duo in this matchup in terms of. Yes. Yes, there is. Yeah. You like that? That was, I'll give myself a pat on the back for that. Um, I want to go with Lane Johnson though, because Lane Johnson, I saw this stat this week, has not allowed a sack since 2020. That. Is I mean, freakazoid. was John what was John Solano even born then? We don't even know. We don't yeah. have confirmation. John Polano, Captain like, Strays. Love that. He, he, Love you know, that. He, John Solano was probably still in college. Maybe he was maybe even high school at that point. We don't even know. Yeah, he was probably well. I don't want to say he was drinking in somebody's basement because he wouldn't do such a thing, but there were Never. definitely people consuming his doing, peers. Yeah. The, his naughty peers were doing that, but not him. Now not, he's of yeah. age, you know, not our John Polano, not our, Nope. <laughs> well, that's a great question. We'll check in with him after we hear from Jeff Ulbrich so he can have a chance to, you know, respond to the ricochet or the stray that he just caught. Uh, <laughs> but Lane Johnson's a freak. Okay, and like Lane Johnson played with a torn groin at one point last season. And look, I stubbed my toe. It hurts. This man tore his groin and blocked 300 or 250 plus pound men in reverse. That's his job. Okay, that's not normal. So to me, especially with the way Bryce Huff has been playing and Bryce Huff lines up a lot of the time over the right tackle. Bryce Huff coming off a career high in terms of pressures with eight pressure rate at 40%. He's definitely carving himself out a role, but Lane Johnson is the creme de la creme of the NFL, as is this Eagles offensive line. And Cynthia, I I want you to help me out here because when you look at who the Jets have played so far this year, the best offensive line they've seen was the Dallas Cowboys and the Jets really didn't have a whole lot of push along the line that game you just chalk that up to being on the road or do you think the like, you know what? The, the jets are going to have to bring a little bit of the heat. Like we saw last week when Quincy Williams was sent on the blitz. I, I think that they're going to have to bring more heat, but I think part of the, the asterisk for the Cowboys for me is mostly because it was adjusting to the first week. Like the entire off season was spent planning for Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback. Like even the defense feels that right. So mm-hmm. now you're having this big switch. And although people are like, well, it's not the same size of the ball. It's the whole thing is different. You know, the whole yes. operation becomes different then. So let's be honest. I think that whole game, just in general, you're kind of like, well, there were some learnings from it, but on some level, you got to let them get us like, which team, what, like, you know, 
fair or unfair, whatever, a lot of media was saying, uh, is Zach Wilson still going to be the quarterback? And that's <laughs> yeah. annoying. And it's very distracting. And it's very, you know, there's just a lot of things that were, uh, you spend all this time, you know, like yep. you spend all this time planning and then it's just different. So, and you have, it's just going to take a minute to, to readjust no matter what. So who is your final team member of Cynthia's Eagles draft? I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. Okay. Love Probably because, I mean, look, like, you know, I, I think he's got these explosive plays. He gets to stand behind that O-line. It, <coughs> excuse me, works with Kelsey and Swift. The whole thing just matches. It does. I'm Do, joking. Would you like some water? <clears throat> yeah, no, I was just choking there for a second. I'm uh, good now. Okay. <laughs> no, wait, are you sure? We, we, we can take a little DeAndre water Swift. break. No, we're good. I'll, I'll okay. do it when, 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 when uh, the de- defensive coordinator starts like, talking. Um, but look, DeAndre Swift, the thing that makes him so interesting are those, the ability to, to have explosive plays. He didn't do that in Detroit in part because they didn't have the type of plays or the real threat of the dual court, the, the dual threat quarterback. So he wasn't able to kind of get those opportunities and looks. So I think you're starting to see DeAndre Swift be the guy that the Lions initially drafted him to be, but it didn't work out there because Jared Goff's a pocket passer. He just is. I think it's a great choice. Um, <clears throat> And the the Jets haven't been great on in rush defense so far, but they've only allowed eight total touchdowns this year. Their red zone defense is top three in the NFL. Their goal to go efficiency is number one in the league. Yep. So that's definitely yep. something to hang your hat on because if you're the Jets, you're gonna want you're gonna want to see a lot of Jake Elliott, hopefully, compared to Jalen yep. Hurts. And when I say see Jake Elliott, I don't mean in terms of extra points. I mean in terms of field goal <laughs> attempts. So with that being meant. said. You're going DeAndre Swift, so your team is Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift. I'm Jalen yep. Carter, Lane Johnson. I'm going to say Dallas Goddard because you already hit Love on, it. you already run. touched on the receivers, and Dallas Goddard is feels like he he was kind of slow to start the season. Feels like he's finding his stride, and he is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. You know that Jalen Hurts very much enjoys having Dallas Goddard on the offense. He looks to him quite frequently as well, as we saw last week. He led the team with eight receptions. So I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard. And the Jets are going to have to account for him, whether that's a linebacker, whether that's a little bit of a big nickel package with an extra safety on the field. Hopefully, DJ Reed clears concussion protocol fully, so that way you can live on a little bit of an island if you need to with Reed and Gardner against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Devote a little more attention to Jalen Hurts. And, you know, for more on this matchup, I think it's time we hear from Jeff Ulbrich with EA, and that way Cynthia gets a little bit of a water break, too. Brick, thanks for joining us today. Love being here. So you are pinch hitting for the head coach. So That's we're right. expecting a big time okay, appearance. Okay, let's go. All right, so let's start at the end of the game against the Denver Broncos. That play. Does it speak to the contributions you're getting from everybody on defense? You got an emerging star at linebacker, and Quincy Williams Without comes in with the strip sack. And then you have Bryce Hall, a guy who was forced into the starting lineup because of injury. And he comes up with the scoop and score, and that cements the win. Yeah, really cool. Um, first of all, Quincy, I would challenge anybody to say there's a, a linebacker playing at a higher level than, than him right now. Um, so cool for a kid that's just came to us, um, cut from the team that drafted him. That's always a struggle. That's always tough. And to come here and, and refocus himself and um, really commit to a process and, and just to see these incremental 
improvements from year to year. Um, and now finally you're seeing the byproduct of it all. He's playing at a, in my opinion, an all pro level. Uh, for him to, to finish the game off like he did is, is so cool. And it's just, uh, it's so well-deserved for, for all he's put into this. And then for Bryce to, to pick the ball up and score the way he did. Um, you know, Bryce, obviously our first year here as a coaching staff, he was our starter for, for every single game. And uh, he played good football. And then obviously we, we, we draft Sauce and, and we signed DJ Reed. And that's difficult. And I've lived that life. You know, I was in San Francisco when we drafted Patrick Willis. And um, safe to say, I couldn't beat out Patrick Willis. So, you know, I, I became a backup and I became a special teams player and, and embraced that role as well. But that's never easy, you know, for anybody, you know, because you start to see yourself in one light and then all of a sudden it's taken from you. Um, Bryce is such a unique individual because a lot of guys will, will pout. A lot of guys will get negative and, and uh, that is the opposite of what Bryce did. He embraced his role in every way. Um, and although I know it still burned inside that he wasn't the starter, he approached every day like he was the starter. And because of that, when he had his opportunity, he took advantage of it and played at a, at a really high level. And it was, uh, I'm just so happy for him because um, he could have gone sideways when, when DJ and Sauce showed up here and he didn't. So uh, really cool. How did it feel playing with the lead finally in that second half? There was a streak there where the Broncos had five possessions minus 18 yards. Yeah, like that, that's, I'd like to say that's, that's our defense, you know, that um, we don't do a lot. So it gives us the ability to really absorb information from an offense. So as the game gets going, um, I feel like we play at a, at a higher level um, because, you know, by the fourth quarter, everything's been shown. And um, because we play so little defense, we know exactly how to pick everything up. We know what the matchups look like. We know what the formations look like, all those things. Um, so it was really cool to see us finish in that way. But saying that, we need to start better. We need to start faster. We need to start with better energy focus. Um, and we're gonna, we're gonna unturn every stone to do that this week. What goes into that as far as starting quicker? Yeah, I, I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna emphasize it in the meetings. You know, uh, we're gonna start a little different in our meetings. We're gonna start a little different in our walkthroughs, start a little different in practice, and uh, hopefully kick in a mechanism where, you know, it just, becomes a part of who we are in our DNA now. Um, it's not catastrophic the way we've started. It's just stuff that's just not indicative of our defense and um, some mistakes that, that we typically don't ever make. So uh, we got to clean it up. And, uh, and knowing that group, I know we will. You got to like what you're getting as far as scoring. You guys scored nine points against the Broncos. Yeah. The previous week, you had a safety. That's two consecutive weeks now with the safety. Yeah, we, we pride ourselves on that, and, and we understand that um, the ball is, is how you win this game, and, and um, getting a ball and scoring is, I don't know what the statistic is, but it's, it's close to one of the, the biggest stats out there as far as winning and losing games when you score on defense um, or special teams. So uh, that's huge, and that's always a goal of ours. Whenever we, doesn't matter, we get a, we get a, a fumble, we get an interception in practice every single time we go to the end zone with it, you know. So we try to train ourselves to just that becomes what we do. And speaking of getting contributions from everybody, you sent Jamie and Sherwood on a blitz there, and then Al Woods, who was a game day inactive the previous week, gets his hands on his former teammate Russell Wilson. Really cool, yeah. Al's a guy that's just um, he means so much to us. Not. Obviously, he crossed the white line. He is a problem for offenses because he's just so big and strong, massive human being in there. Um, 
but he also brings a culture element to our team. He has, you know, different level of professionalism. He's played 27 years, whatever it is now. He's played forever, <laughs> you know, and, and he's played at a high level and he's really showing these young guys um, what a pro is supposed to be on and off the field. Um, so he's meant a lot to us. So for him to have that, that moment, that opportunity, especially against an ex-teammate like that um, and a critical play in the game, really cool. You know, and, and Jamian's another one that's just – since we've gotten him here, uh, he's just gotten him. He's gotten better and better and better. Came as a converted safety, and um, it's safe to say he is officially a, an NFL linebacker now. You talked about Quincy before. You played the position. What do you think about that pairing that you have, Quincy and C.J. Mosley? Because I would argue that C.J. Mosley hasn't played better in his career either. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trade this linebacker tandem for anybody in the league. And that is the absolute truth. That's not exaggeration. That's not because I'm here. Uh, we got uh, we got Quincy, who is this just amazing athletic talent that is starting to now put his football intelligence and pairing that with this this athleticism to create this um, really cool player. And you got CJ, who has just unmatched instinct, and he's just uh, he's a, he's such a unique problem solver. You know, you're always going to get unscouted looks and. Um, unscouted plays every single game that you play and without a high-level processor in the middle of your defense to really fix those problems, um, things can go sideways on you pretty quick. And he um, consistently every single game gets us on the same page and he elevates everybody around him. And and I would agree with you. I think um, he's playing his best football, which is saying something for a guy that's played as much really good football that he has. You got a lot of depth and talent along that defensive line. Can you speak to Bryce Huff? His percentage of snaps last week, 44%, most in his career. He's always getting around the quarterback. And how about Jermaine Johnson, the steps he's taken here in year two and the physicality that he brings to that position? Yeah, for sure. Like Bryce is a guy that I know that um, from the outside, sometimes you you look at him as kind of a, a DPR, pass rush specialist. Um, but I think he's, he's, he's becoming way more than that. He's becoming an every down player. Um, and you see when he gets opportunities to play, all he does is make plays, you know, and it's not just affecting the quarterback. He's uh, he's getting better at defending the run and becoming a really good edge setter as a defensive end in our scheme. So I'm excited about his future. Uh, he, he is an ascending player, in my opinion. And Jermaine is a guy that, you know, you can't speak enough about. The, the guy came in here year one and he was young and he was a rookie and, and um, still finding his way as far as what it takes to be a pro and and he has found that, you know, and, and, you know, it's really cool to see him pro progress. Like the talent was always there, but now the process is right. You know, the, the meeting habits, the, the practice habits, the walkthrough habits, all of that, the taking care of his body, the nutrition, the regen, all that he does um, is really taking his game to the next level. And I, th I, I still believe he's got way more in the tank. So it's going to be fun to see him progress and become the player that we all know he, he's capable of becoming. Michael Carter the second. What does he mean to this group? He is our Swiss Army knife. He is our, I, I call him baby backer because he's a, he's a linebacker, he's a DB, he's a corner, he's a, he obviously plays nickel. Um, he does everything for us. He fits into the run game. I mean, he is, and not just, I'm not talking about like a C-gap or on the edges, on the perimeter. I mean, he's a B-gap fitter in the in the noise, you know, where the linebackers live. And, um, and he does it. Uh, consistently and he's physical and he's tough and he's smart and he's athletic and um, 
I always get teased because they say he's my favorite player on our defense, you know, just because he is such a Swiss Army knife and he does so many things for us. And, and plus, if you know Michael Carter, you just you love the human being that he is, too. He's so selfless and such a great teammate and um, works so hard at this thing. And we are so lucky to have him. To, to think he's a, a fifth-round pick just blows my mind. You know, it, I really think that's a byproduct of COVID. You know, it was a, it was a year where you really couldn't get your hands on, on kids because I really believe if more teams had more access to him, he would have been a, a day-one pick for sure. How are teams approaching Sauce Gardner differently in year two? Definitely less targets. Mm. Definitely, you know, it's uh, um, he doesn't get tried a whole lot, um, you know, which uh, I know can get frustrating to him because he wants the noise. He wants um, he wants to be targeted. He wants to be thrown at. He wants to be attacked. He loves that challenge. Um, so definitely less, um, you know. But at the same time, I, he is he's uh, you know it it it's finding his way still. You know, he's a guy that really understands defense at a higher level than most second year players, you know, and his next challenge, as we've talked about, is really getting the ball because the elite corners, they get the ball on a consistent basis. And I know that's hard when you're not getting targeted as much, but still, um, that's still a place I think that he can, he can go to another place and he will because he does, he's another guy that absolutely works at it the same way that those other guys do. Let's talk about the unique challenge ahead with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Can you compare their offense to anybody in the league right now. I, we, I mean, we just finished about a five-hour session watching, you know, a lot of their stuff, and um, it feels like, like Madden a little bit, you know, make make believe plays. It's like you can tell their offensive coaches have a whole lot of fun structuring their offense and putting things together, just because of all the talent and the unique um, players that they have on their offense. Um, it's going to be a tremendous challenge. Uh, their run game is unmatched right now mm. you know they just and it's not just it's it and it's everything like sometimes you might say oh they're just a smash mouth team they're going to be physical and then you might say oh, they're whether well, they're a gimmick team uh, uh you know uh, a game plan driven team where they they do a lot of stuff to attack your scheme they're both they will absolutely they'll line up and quarterback under center and hand the ball off and they'll run right at you and knock you off the ball and then the next play, they're going to be in gun, and it's going to be zone read bypass where Jalen's pulling it, and there's guys leading him. So um, they've got all the the toys and the whistles in the in the run game with real physicality to back it all up, you know. So it's going to be a it's going to be a tremendous challenge for us, you know. And then the, the passing game, goodness gracious, you know, you got AJ Brown, you've got um, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. The Gensu knife, we call him, yeah. Then you got Goddard, who's coming alive. You got both backs who are used in the, in the run game. So there is uh, every level of defense can be challenged. There, there's no, there's no uh, it's not by accident that they're undefeated. It's not by accident that they went to the Super Bowl last year. How patient do you have to be? Meaning they're going to get conversions at times. They're so good on third and fourth down. So, like, you guys have been very good at it throughout the year as far as defending every blade of grass. Yep. Yeah, that's the that's the makeup, that's the DNA of this defense. You know, if there's a blade of grass, we'll defend it, and uh, they've proven that over and over again. Um, whereas we haven't necessarily been the defense we want to be every down. You know, like we, we have improvement, and, and we, need to, we need to be better, and we will be better because I know the makeup of that group. Um, our red zone defense, I think, is a clear indication that of the makeup of this defense. The fact that going into this game, we were ranked one, whatever it is, and yep. even following the game, I think we're still top five. That uh, 
that shows that, you know, you might get a, a few conversions. You might move the ball on us a little bit, but when push comes to shove, we're not going to let you in there. Without giving away the game plan, what do you got to do against Hertz, who's a dual weapon, right. and he's so big and physical as a runner? I, I don't think you can live in anything. You know, you have to, you got to, um, you got to consistently challenge them with, with, um, a lot of different stuff, whether it be fronts, coverage, picture, um, you know, like we've talked about in the past, like sometimes the front four got to handle him. Sometimes you got to devote another guy to handle him. So um, I think variety and I think um, and at the same time, us really embracing who we are and what we do and and being true to that. And uh, we pride ourselves on being physical and that we get 11 to the ball, and, and that has to come to life too. You know, sometimes you play a team like this, you get so, uh, you go down these deep wormholes regarding scheme to stop them. And, you know, and we've all been victim of losing the essence of our defense, losing the essence and the style of our team at times because of that. So we've got to make sure that we never lose sight of what really makes us special. And that's, that's the style in which we play. Do you think you guys live for these moments? It, going back to week one, facing Josh Allen talk about week four facing Patrick Mahomes yep. the way you guys rose to the occasion yeah I, I I think that's the nature of this group and um you know it's it's funny a lot of groups would would look for the easy way out regarding a game like this um this group embraces this challenge so I know they're fired up they're already begging for cut-ups and and game plan tips and all those things so we're ready to get rolling on these guys thanks Brick you did a great job in that seat thank you Heads up, Jets fans, there are more identity threats than most people realize, and you can't catch them all on your own. It takes a team. LifeLock catches the identity threats you could miss. If something happens, your own U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it, backed by our million-dollar protection package. Plus, Jets fans can score 35% off their first year. Go to LifeLock.com Jets or use promo code Jets at checkout. That's 35% off LifeLock.com. Great stuff from Jeff Albrecht. Great stuff from EA. A lot of great stuff on Bryce Huff. The Jets' defense going up against a challenging offense. It's time to bring in John Polano. You doing all right from from earlier? I'm just trying to mend the wounds that you guys caused in my chest while I was away. <laughs> just Lane Johnson stabs left and right. Were, were, were your friends drinking in basements in 2020? I'm not going to incriminate myself. but I didn't say you. I said your friends. Yes, Hypothetically speaking, in the year 2020, a lot was going on. It was a yeah. blur. I don't really remember. Yeah, I, I guess hypothetically I mean, speaking, you know, it's a good point because you were definitely taking six feet apart protocol. Of course. So this is all hypothetical. Yeah, people were six feet. Beers were in my hand. There was also hypothetically that you had friends in 2020. All right. No, I'm let's, just kidding. Let's get rolling here. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I got paid back. I couldn't speak. So. I, you know, and I couldn't say Ulbricht because I was afraid with a T that I'd be like, Ulbricht, like that. Yeah. So I couldn't speak, you know, it, like I, I got paid back. I got my karmic retribution happened. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, are we doing the same thing as last week? Yes, Get to know we your are. Co-host? Yes, we are. Rock and roll. We got to find out if you guys really know each other. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you're saying like one week could have been a fluke, but now. Yeah, we have you guys to- went three for three last week, but. Gosh, I got to get you on one of these. All right, yeah, let, let's ride, Pilato. Fire it up. Yeah, Fire yeah, it up, yeah. dude. Well, first, before we get to that, I just want to shout out the Rochester Jeffersons as one of those teams from okay. well back, the 1916 
NFL, but NYPFL champions. They go in that same category as the Buffalo Bisons. Are they? The, are the Jeffersons like the Thomas Jeffersons? I can't. I have no idea. But they're from my hometown, so go Rochester. Okay, all right, great. Yeah, yeah, rock and roll. Got it. Rock and roll. All you right. like that pun? Like R O C H roll? That's awesome. Okay, thank you. <laughs> all right. So for this first one, so again, just to refresh the rules, Cynthia is going to give her answer to the question. Ethan is going to try and dip himself into Cynthia's brain, yes. pull the answer out, I got and it. match them. Yep. All right. So we'll find out how well you know your co-host. So with a team from the city of brotherly love coming to MetLife Stadium, one of our two brothers, Quincy Williams, had an absolute breakout game against the Broncos with two sacks, a forced fumble, a tackle for loss. And actually, throughout the season, kind of breakout guys has been a theme for the New York Jets. Bryce oh, Huff God. has really come up off the mat. Xavier Gibson had a huge punt return. He was an undrafted guy. Cynthia, who is a breakout star the New York Jets are going to have so, on so Sunday? I have to think of who Cynthia thinks will break out <laughs> Sunday. Yes. And when you say we break out... to which side of the ball? We'll go defense. Okay. Yeah. I, I was thinking defense. But here's my question. Does breakout mean just breakout game this season? Like, it's not a breakout of their career. Is that what you're saying? No, just a, a single game. I mean, I think Quincy and yeah, Bryce okay. have really taken it to yes. another level. But, but, but yeah. like, for example, if I wanted to go with one of, like, the A-list Jets defenders, I could. Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, you're not going with anything. What would Cynthia go with? Yeah, you're right, you're right. What would Cynthia go I for? I will say, while you're thinking about that, um, I had to turn in my homework for Game Day View, which is a show that's on Friday on NFL Network. And it's like a paying homage to Bryce Huff. So okay. <laughs> we have to, when we pick our like tapes for each game or whatever, what we want to talk about, it's that's, so if you're interested, I can send it to you. Cause it's very, it's very, it's I, a good little I would love to see highlight it. reel of him. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, speaking of homework, John Polano did his homework and he watched Anchorman. So <laughs> that's good. Throwback to the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to when JP did not watch Anchorman. Anyway, so who is Cynthia thinking of? Um, that is a great question and I'm going defense and I'm buying time as I'm explaining who is a breakout candidate. And my gut wanted to say Quinnen because you said Quincy and she's nodding her head. So I think I want to say Quinnen Williams. Is that right? Absolutely. Go for it. (laughs) I don't know why I thought Cynthia was going to say that, but I don't know. I just felt like, you know, he's been kind of quiet. This is a big game. And now, like, this is this is your time. And if the Jets want to win this game, usually it has to do with interior pressure, messing up the quarterback. Shout out Giants-Pats in 08 or whatever year that was. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Final answer. Love it. That's what I was thinking of. Because I'm like, well, if we're going to go with, you said we're allowed to go with the A-lister, so I'm going with the A-lister. You, we talk about interior. We talked about Jalen Carter being disruptive. Like, let's talk about Big Q. Like, we need, like, what? Like, this is absolutely a game where you see his versatility. Helping stop the run is kind of, to me, like such an underrated run stops are such an underrated part of that defensive tackle game that you need to have, right? Like, mm. you can't just be great rushing the passer. You also, especially if you're going to line up that close, meaning not on the edge, you have to stop the run. So that's what he does so well. And again, with this dual threat quarterback, you've got, like, sorry, it's going to be too bad for him. Some pancakes, perhaps. The interior defensive line play between these teams are, is just sickening between Quinnen, <laughs> Jalen Carter, yes, Jordan Davis, yeah. <laughs> Fletcher Cox. I mean, it, it's insane. It's unreal. And even on our side, we're going to have to try and stop that tush push. 
Yeah, the tush. I love how Saul laid it out today, giving Jalen Hurst just 11 kisses from our defensive line. Sure, sure. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, sure. All right, what's what's our second question? question? All right, so the Jets last week against the Broncos mm. obviously came away with a win, but they did only come up with three field goals and no touchdowns and a turnover in five red zone trips against the Broncos, although they moved it really well. They had... 22 offensive points, a season high 407 yards. What does what player needs to play well in order for the Jets to have more success in the red zone? Because the Eagles honestly do not have a super great red zone defense so far. They give up the third most touchdown percentage. They've given up 75% of their red zone trips from opposing teams have been ended up in touchdowns. So I need to think of a player like who on our defense is going to be or sorry, pardon, who on our offense is going to be crucial against to convert against the Eagles in the red zone? Okay, so just just to clarify, this is excluding Zach. Yeah, let's, Wilson? let's exclude. Zach. Okay, all right, because I my gut yeah, would no, have said Zach. Zach, of course, would be the answer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so who is Cynthia thinking? Well, <laughs> there's only one of two answers here, and to me, I wanted to say Garrett originally, and then I was thinking, you know what? He had a good game last week. Who I'm about to say. Cynthia was talking a lot about Dallas Goddard, and I'm going to go Tyler Conklin. <laughs> Let's go. Always the hair. Always yeah. the hair. Yes. But, but also the fact that we talked about this before, like, you know, the safety play is a bit sus, like, and they've got, you know, the linebackers and coverage look a little different, right? So if you're talking about that level kind of in between where the corners are and in between – that's a really good spot yes. for the tight end to really end up, especially in the red area. And he just has a strong catcher. And like the extra first downs that he gets the team are really invaluable. And those could translate with a with a more vulnerable, wow, like his vulnerable red zone defense. Those could translate to touchdowns. 67 yards last week, Tyler Conklin had. That led the Jets, so did his four catches. He had a long of 37. And that route that I tweeted when he put a when he put the linebacker on skates, Alex Ooh. Singleton, good night. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, let, let's give me some of that against okay. the Eagles. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, ready for the third one? Well, I'm ready. All right, let's rock and roll. So you mentioned Zach Wilson. Obviously, he's going to play a huge factor in this game. He plays a huge factor in every game. He plays the most important position in all professional sports, in my opinion. Um, he really played well against the Broncos. I know his stat line only said zero touchdowns, one interception, but he went above 70% completion percent. Alan Lazard post game was saying that he was showing leadership in a really rocks environment coming back home. They'll be playing against an Eagles secondary that 
has not been super, super awesome. It's been 30th in passing touchdowns allowed, 25th in passing yards allowed. What player on that Eagle secondary is kind of susceptible to giving up some points? All right. Um, Great question. I don't even know the guy's name. So um, this is where I'm going to go as I buy time. I thought you were going to say, like, who should you, like, watch out for? And that 1,000% would have been Darius Slay. Like, who should you like, you know, oh, uh oh, big, yeah, big play slay. Like, I'm staying away from him now. Away, stay away from big play slay. Anything that rhymes, away, slay, stay, all of it, stay away. I agree with that. The The problem is, is that the Eagles, I think, I think we kind of touched on it, like the Eagles secondary. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to go. Um, are we cheating out here? No, no, no. Are no. we she, cheating? No, there's no cheating. This is a podcast, so if you're listening to this, you didn't see nothing because you literally are not watching this. <laughs> Look, well, I all I was going to say— I think we need to flag. I need to bring out the zebras. Yeah, yeah, bring them out. I'm sure they'll get the call right. Anyway, James Bradbury is a very good cornerback, so I wasn't going to say him. And Cynthia kind of mentioned this in her answer, and we kind of talked about this little pregame. There's a guy— who played at the East-West Shrine game, Shrine Bowl game, where Cynthia mm-hmm. watches every year. His name is Reed Blankenship. That is my answer. Can you expand? I think Cynthia can expand. Why? Well, look, it's it's. there's a lot of good options, right? We talked about how the corners are great, and mm-hmm. we've we've seen like the, the safety level be where the question marks happen to be this year. Obviously, adjusting to a new defensive system, obviously a new coordinator, the whole thing is a little bit different. But I think that when you're watching this game and you're thinking, well, how are they giving up so many you know, passing opportunities, especially with a front like that? Well, the truth is, is the safeties are figuring out what to do. And it's not Reed Blankenship's fault. It's, it's just, you know, he wasn't a super high draft pick. Not that that doesn't always matter. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, it's t- he's only in his second season. And that first season, it was a little bit easier because the defensive system that they had was a- apparently a little easier for them to get. And they also had an easier schedule to start their season last year than they did this year. So we're just seeing a little bit a little bit of a learning curve moment. It's, it's not to say that he can't be great eventually. It's just to say that, you know, that's an area like I'd rather target him than I would the corners. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great Way to go about this Eagle secondary that is talented and mm-hmm. Darius Slay's talented, James Bradbury's talented. Not saying they're like, you know, the top two corners in the league, but they're still very good players. So that's kind of what I'm looking at as well. But, you know, my biggest question, Cynthia, in terms of Zach Wilson is like, when you look at what he did last week, the formula was obviously through Brees Hall. When you look at what the Jets and Eagles matchup is this weekend. The Eagles lead the NFL in rushing defense. Like they've only allowed their, the most rushing yards they've allowed to a single player was last week. Kyron Williams, 53 yards, which is not a lot. Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall, Brees Hall. It's like the death of me. Bryce Hoff, Bryce Hall, Brees Hall. I mean, this is, this is crazy. This is tough. Uh, But Brees Hall had 177 rushing yards, career high, career high, 22 carries. But it seems like if you're the Eagles, you're like, let's just, let's pay a little more attention to that. What does Zach Wilson need to do that he either hasn't done or what does he need to continue to do in order to exploit this Eagles secondary and pass defense, which statistically to John Polano's point is not great. 
the, he just needs to take the, 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 the check down passes if they're there, right? Obviously, the first option is going to be a deeper pass. And if that's guarded by one of those two corners, then look, be, be able to be versatile in the pass game. It's not to say that, like, look, like, Brees Hall is going to be able to get some more chunk plays. Kyron Williams is a brand new player. That O-line is not great. Like, they're better, but they're not great. They were missing some pieces for the Rams. And the Rams' offense was getting Cooper Cup back. So that matters, too, because, you know, they wanted to try to work Cooper Cup back in. They've already got Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. Like that, and they're more of, like, running anyways. They, like – they. Cam Akers is now in Minnesota. That tells you how they value their running back position, right? So it's just going to be a little bit different. It's it's going to be kind of still one of those things where you're getting Brees Hall some chunk yards or you're using him. Maybe if it doesn't look like, you know, 10 yards per rush, something crazy, it's still okay to get four yards on first down with a run, right? Like, like settle down, like play in within the structure of what the offense is trying to do with Nathaniel Hackett trying to figure out how to play within that structure. Don't try to go, you know, crazy, just go within that structure because there's that the passing defense specifically has some holes and I know Nathaniel Hackett can exploit them. I think that's a great point. And, you know, I I wanted to end this podcast with a little bit of fun here because John, you know, Polano and I, made a a little day trip down to Philly a couple weekends ago and we did a little bit of a cheesesteak review, which you can, that's a teaser of what's coming out this week for my food video, but follow Ethan Greenberg on Instagram. Yeah. 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 Plug it up. Um, Cynthia, what is your take on cheesesteaks? Do you not have your own? Yeah, but I don't have any cheesesteaks on mine. You want to check out the Ethan Greenberg cheesesteaks. (laughs) (laughs) I think Cynthia is trying to, Cynthia is trying to be nice because she, she, Sent you astray earlier in the podcast. You can't make oh, up for it that's now. That's what family does. They make fun of each other. We're, yeah, that just it, you're right. You're right. I loved it. In. It was great. That, that's basically like that's how you know you're made on the podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like yeah, when you're Italian, you need to be tiny, you need to be made. You got to be made fun of on the podcast in order to be welcomed. So with that being said, what's your take on a cheesesteak? Are you going whiz? Please tell me you're going whiz. <laughs> you're definitely not going whiz. Cheesesteak. So when I was in Philadelphia, actually doing Jets preseason like a number of years ago, um, I tried like four different ones and yeah. I kind of liked all of them, if I'm honest with you, but for different reasons. So I, I, what, what's the place called? Like the the market, like you go into the thing. Reading like Terminal Market. Different. Yeah, Terminal Market. And I just liked it all. So I'm not your best answer because I was like, sure. My, my answer is yes. Like yeah. It's hard to mess up a cheesesteak. Yeah. In no, my like it's cheese and meat and bread. You're good. What's wrong? Nothing. Uh, how you would know, you? Like, okay, so similar to pizza, like what's the most important part of a pizza? Is it the sauce, the dough, the cheese? Is it for you, Cynthia, the steak, the cheese, or the sub or the hoagie, whatever you want to call it? The <laughs> cheese, I think. I think the it's cheese, the yeah. Cheese. Okay. I just feel like the if it's not right with that, it can like it really can change the taste of the meat and the bread. You know, like you'd be like yeah. that cheese was just too much or not right. But I feel like the other ones, like again, they're all important. It's all it's about like the the you know the sum of the parts, not the individual yes. pieces. All right. Well, that's a lovely way to end this week's episode of the Game Preview <laughs> Podcast. Come pizza's better. New York pizza yes. greater than greater than cheese steaks. Just I'm saying. Facts. Just saying. Facts. And New we have York terrible pizza than out here in LA. Yeah. You know, we it, have terrible pizza. LA has the worst pizza of anywhere in America. 
But not true. That, New York pizza. That is the home of the New York Pizza Department in Tampa Bay. That's a story for another time. And uh, that is how we close out the game preview podcast presented by LifeLock. Jets Eagles week six at MetLife in the four o'clock hour. Cynthia will run it back in two weeks because the Jets have a bye week next week. Have John, you're going to what are you going to do with us, John? That's a good question. Man, I'll have to regroup. Yeah. <laughs> get, get a steak, take a breather. He's going back to Rochester. Go back probably. to the Rock. <laughs> yeah. Check out with Jefferson's. And, get a garbage plate. Get a garbage plate. Yeah. Which Cynthia, that's just, oh, dumbfounds me how you've never had one. Well, she'll have one next year. We'll make sure to get some New York pizza in the moment. And I just want New York. Now I want a pizza. Okay. And there's no, there's no satisfying, there are literally no satisfying pizza out here. So yeah. I got to figure it out. I, I got to figure it out. I got to come east. I need pizza. Do Your it girl up. needs pizza. She needs her carbs. I'm hangry. <laughs> Do it up. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the wind down tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.